0: Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
1: Always great to have your company for Dwayne Jordan for Midday Matters. Daisy Pearce about 10 minutes away after announcing her retirement today. So straight to your calls. And Peter, in Essendon, you want to talk Geelong's at New Stadium. Welcome to you, Peter. Uh, Yes, good
2: afternoon. Dwayne, now... I think this Geelong Stadium is going to cause grief in the future because um, what they should do, the AFL, when they do the draw, Geelong plays the last five bottom side and all interstate sides. Don't send big clubs down there like the Richmonds, Collingwood, Melbourne, Essendon, and etc because they're just not going to fill it up. I mean, people are going to miss out, Dwayne. Unfortunately, so 40,000, know, <laughs> you don't think 40,000
1: is justification enough to take the big clubs, including Collingwood, down there?
2: No, because I'll get sixty,
1: seventy at the G. Yeah, well, Geelong will probably make as much money out of forty thousand at GMHBA Stadium as they will out of uh, getting sixty or seventy at the G, though. So, in terms of a money spinner for them as a club, and the home ground advantage, home ground advantage is a huge thing to give away, Peter. There's not many things you get as a club to give you an advantage over other teams. Home ground advantage to give it away is massive. Yeah, a
2: lot of fans in the south, though, Dwayne.
1: Well, that's the issue. So you would move, even though Geelong's got 40,000 capacity, and this Melbourne game, which is looming, that might not have full capacity, it might be stuck at, you know, 28, 29, as opposed to the 40 on June 22. You'd move it anyway, would you?
2: Yeah, look, you've got to think of the fans. So that's what makes the game, Dwayne. I mean, it's just, it's nonsense. They've got to stop doing this. And then when it gets to the to that round, then people start complaining and they're going to miss out. Hmm. I mean, just put the interstate sides and the last four bottom sides that finish for the year or five sides, but not the big clubs because the fans want to see football.
1: Yeah, I get the fans thing, but what about the integrity of the competition, Peter, giving another home game to Melbourne and another home game to Collingwood because Geelong have to have their home game. I mean, they've already... Geelong already gives away a couple of home games. They play Hawthorne as a home game this year at Easter at the MCG. Now, part of the reason that it goes to the MCG is because it is a great Easter tradition, but obviously they can't get the capacity for Easter at GMHBA Stadium this year either. Whether or not they ever host that Easter game at GMHBA Stadium against Hawthorne rather than the MCG, I'm not sure. But surely the integrity of the competition, by I mean, every other team would want Geelong to play Collingwood at the at, at GMHBA rather than give Collingwood a, a, a 12th home game, wouldn't they?
2: Yeah, well, well, that's another point too, Dwayne. That's that's a valid point as well. But like I said, Dwayne, the fans are the most important. Somehow they've just got to watch this play, you know, come mm. along and 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 get in the ground. Unfortunately, maybe they should have done a hundred seater, then a Geelong hundred thousand. Yeah, I'm not sure the 18. government
1: was going to provide as much money as uh, they would have needed for a hundred thousand. But I think 40s yeah. about right to me. But hey, hold the line, Peter. Got something for you. Heaps to give away today. Got. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95 for you. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and eBuds powered 24 7. Got that for you for kicking us off today. And we've still got a bottle, we've got heaps, a bottle of Starwood Twofold Whiskey, thanks to Harry Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirits. Hairydog.com.au. That's huge to get a bottle of that Starwood Twofold Whiskey. We've got Brick Lane Brewing Vouchers as well. And got that voucher for a round of golf for you and a mate at the magnificent St Andrews Beach Golf Course. It's valid at $210, so we've got that to give away as well. So keep your calls coming, 1-300-736-736. Uh, one here from Zook, what a stupid decision it is to build a stadium at Geelong with only a 40,000-seat capacity when it should have been 60. Well, I think 40 is about right, and I think 40... Well, given we've already got Marble Stadium that has a 50,000-seat capacity, so I, I'm not sure you needed to build a 60,000-seater at Geelong and have half the events that are held at it be played in front of, you know, a half-empty stadium. Brad and Burwood, you got a thought on this. Welcome to you, Brad. Yeah, Duane,
0: how are you doing? Good. I, um, You keep on mentioning about the integrity of the competition, but um, yeah. Geelong are the only Melbourne-based club that actually have a true home ground advantage. Everyone else is sharing a home ground, so they already have an advantage over and and above the uh, other Melbourne-based clubs.
1: So should the Bulldogs play more games at Mars then, Brad?
0: At Mars? Well, if that's their true home ground, well, sure, so be it. But I don't think it is. I don't think the fans want it to be there, whereas the Geelong fans, of course, they want their home ground advantage.
1: But isn't that Geelong's point of difference? They're a country club, so they get to host the game at their country venue. If Hawthorne want to play games at Launceston, they get to take games down there. Gives them a true home ground advantage as opposed to playing at the MCGs. Isn't that the point of difference for Geelong? They're a country club. And part of the, part of the money that the government's given them to upgrade it to 40000 is based on what it does for the community as, a, as an arena for all events and to have home games at that arena that draws people from Melbourne to fill the cafes and restaurants and pubs.
0: Yeah, get it. Absolutely. So that's good for Geelong. But um, when we're talking about integrity of the competition, which you mentioned before, I don't think we're quite there, are we? Where Geelong do have a true home ground advantage. Yeah, Hawthorne do down in Tas, but that's what, four or five games a year. Yeah. So, um, so if we want a balanced uh, playing field, I suppose we've got to have a look at that. Maybe we need to uh, have a look at what that home ground advantage truly does to for Geelong and its draw and its uh, you know position on the ladder, I suppose.
1: Well, teams have 11 home games and I think it's up to those teams to decide where they want to play them. If the Bulldogs want to spend more time at Mars and make it into a true home ground advantage there, they can. And they might do that in the future. And I suppose a person that's got a foot in both camps in a way because Daisy's going to be coaching at Geelong, I understand, is on the line. Daisy Pearce, one of the all-time greats. Thanks for your call, Brad, by the way. And we'll head back to your calls on this. Jump on the line if you've got a thought. one 736 736 is the number. We'll keep your calls coming on the open line. Thanks to Werribee Kia. Keep your text coming through on the 40 Winks temper text as well. 0433 98 But one of the greats of AFL football. I won't say AFLW. She's been one of the greats of AFL football. A trailblazer, yes. Premiership captain, yes. Three-time All-Australian, yes. Um, but In terms of what she's done for sport in general in this state and this country, I think not just women's sport, it's been great that Daisy Pearce has been so fantastic, a person and a player, and she joins us today a couple of hours or an hour after announcing her retirement. Daisy, welcome to the program. Great to have you on.
3: Hey, Duane. Thanks very much, and for the kind words as well.
1: How are you feeling after this announcement? You've obviously had time since the Premiership win when you held the cup up as captain to to give it some thought.
3: Yeah, a bit better for having said it out loud. <laughs> hmm. um, but no, it's been an amazing, you know, almost couple of months since the grand final, um, just the elation and the satisfaction of enjoying those special moments with a group of people that, you know, we're, we're six years and seven seasons into the journey and chasing this thing to have achieved it together and being able to celebrate that has been... Um, yeah just incredible and then on top of that for AFLW you know we haven't had much of a summer for the last six years because of Mm. the timing of the season usually this time of the year um, coincides with you know coming back to practice matches immediately and into round one in the early parts of the year so even just that the timing of being able to celebrate with friends and family who are On holidays and in festive moods has been pretty special as well but on top of that there's been this um, element of me needing to make a decision about what's next and I think there's been a bit of an assumption out there that it was win one and I could happily be done and if we lost in the grand final then I might have to find it in me to go one more but in fact winning it almost made it more confusing for me because um, yeah it just tightens those relationships that I hold so dear and only made the environment more enjoyable and you know the lure of going back-to-back was certainly Mm. there. But um, above all of that and how much I'm going to miss turning up to to footy day in, day out and training and playing with my best mates, there was just this overriding sense of feeling content and that is not who I've been as a player. So once I couldn't really shake that um, and didn't feel like I had it in me to get better again, that was enough for me to realise that this was the right time to, to call it a day and the satisfaction of last year certainly, last season certainly helps that um, yeah, I listened decision to the press a com- bit better Sorry. but I am, yeah, very content.
1: I listened to the press conference where it was great to hear you explain that. It was also interesting to hear you explain that you believe you've had a great blend of motherhood and professionalism to go with it. It's not like you're stepping away to, to jump into motherhood to be a better mother than you've already been because you've been already have been a great one so you're going to continue this um AFL mix have AFL part of your life I presume
3: yeah well I'm very fortunate again um to have some opportunities ahead of me um I've been mindful to enjoy the, the, the Melbourne chapter and achieve what we did last season you know that's been my number one focus but in the background of that um yeah I'm very privileged to have other opportunities waiting for me now that My playing career is done, so um, yeah, I'll be heading up to Geelong. I haven't ironed out the exact details of it, and I've had their full support to take time in this phase, Um, but yeah, I'm lucky enough to be going and joining another incredible footy club, and one that's had recent success, and go and start my coaching journey with them, which is something that I'm really excited about, um, and looking forward to, but yeah, it's something I've reflected on this week as I've gone through the emotions of kind of contemplating giving up one part of my identity, which has been as a player. um, You know, that's my 18th season of senior footy Mm. at the highest level that I've been able to play as a a female uh, in footy. Uh, And to be going through those emotions of giving that up. And, and you know, considering the idea that some people go through this and don't know what's next and don't have other careers... um, going on alongside that I mean that would be something that would be really challenging um to have to go out and find that so yeah I've it's something I've reflected on this week that I'm glad although it's been hard at times to hold down a job and um you know further a career in the industry through the media or um work hard doing coaching courses that kind of thing and then on top of that have a family it's been an absolute juggle and so challenging but as I sit here now having to give up a big part of me and something that I've loved, but to know that there's great opportunities ahead. It's something that, you know, I hope, um, you know, I can be a bit of a role model for all people entering the game, that it's worth that hard work to kind of maintain that while you play, whether it's studying or working or um, taking on a family, if that's something you want to do. So, yeah, I've gotten so much reward out of maintaining that balance throughout and despite it being hard, I'm glad I'm in that position now.
1: You have been a trailblazer. So, I mean, I think in some ways you've helped men realise that women can play, coach, commentate, maybe better than men because you're talking to both men and women when you commentate. Sometimes men have folded back in the past to talking almost to men when they commentate. It's been a, a joy to listen to you, Daisy, I've got to say, and you have been a trailblazer off the field as well. Do you feel that?
3: Oh, thanks again for the kind words, Dwayne. And oh, it's something like as a competitor and when you're wound up as the footballer in it and you're trying to achieve, um, you know, what you've set out to achieve in winning a premiership, you, I don't reflect much. It's not um, kind of in within my personality, but certainly winning the premiership and um, then going through this decision and just the amount of support I've received from people far and wide it kind of forces you to stop and reflect and I I don't know I know I've been really fortunate to serve an era where we've gone from not having many opportunities in the game to now you know women kind of having an opportunity in all corners of the AFL industry um, which is has been fantastic to be a part of but to be honest I just feel like I owe it to the pioneers that have kind of paved this way for me I, I almost feel like um, it's my responsibility to, to do the best I can and use the platform I have um, that they didn't and that they've created for me so I almost feel whilst I realise you know I've break, broken th- down a few barriers along the way I, I honestly just feel like I'm um, following in the path of the pioneers that sort of inspired me and gave me the confidence to advocate for, for women in the game as well so Yeah, I'm really just thankful for them, and I won't mention any names because there's too many of them. But I, yeah, I to be called the pioneer of it all, I, I kind of that sits uncomfortably with me because I've just been inspired by others, and I've been one of many.
1: And how Melbourne were giving you up, both as a player and now as a coach to Geelong? (laughs)
3: Um, No, with their full support, it's been a conversation that we've been having you know, over the the last 12, nearly 24 months on the playing side of things. I mean, uh, with the family and all that I juggle and, um, yeah, as inevitably everyone comes to the end, it's an ongoing conversation. It's not something that you just kind of let them know overnight when the decision's Mm -hmm. made. It's something that, you know, I've been around Melbourne now for over a decade, or nearly a decade, if you factor in the, the exhibition games that I was a part of as well. I've been around this club, so... Um, as I'm making big life decisions and trying to work out what's next career and life-wise my greatest friends and mentors are all you know part of this footy club as well so it's been no secret to them and they've I've had their full support and encouragement and you know I think Mick Steneer and I were just talking earlier today he he thinks it's a, a really great move that Um, I've been able to be a big part of this club and learn what I have and now I get to go out and experience and observe another really strong organisation and how they do things. So in terms of my development um, in here, they see it as a really great thing and, yeah, I have their full support. And similar on the flip side, I've been really lucky and, you know, humbled to have (laughs) the interest of the Geelong Footy Club to come down and join them. But, yeah, really thankful for their support that they've put no pressure on me in terms of when and um and how and you know they're they're really mindful of allowing me to enjoy this time and get down there when i'm absolutely ready and chomping at the bit to be the best coach i can be rather than rushing down there because um i have to be there on any set date so we'll iron out all those details um as the dust settles on this decision but yeah i'm sitting here feeling really lucky to have the, the support of two great clubs
1: do you think coaching is going to be your next long-term journey? Is there a chance that you could be, like, ahead of football in time? I mean, is there a chance you could be on the AFL Commission one day with your knowledge base?
3: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I haven't... I honestly... I'm an ambitious person and I do set goals, but it's not something that I've kind of sunk my teeth into yet. Um, I've been just really trying to live in the moment and make a good decision for the now Um But I'm sure in time my mind will kick in and I'll start setting goals and um, becoming clearer about um, where I want to head next. But in saying that, coaching is a completely new thing for me. So I'm just excited to get in and observe and listen and learn off some of the absolute best in the industry um, down there as I've had the privilege of kind of sitting back on the other side of the fence as a player here and watching Mick in action and his team. But, yeah, there's so much I've got to learn in coaching and I feel like that's a really good place to start. But in terms of where to next, it's, um, yeah, there's there's plenty of possibilities and I'll just see where um, my passions kind of kick in and where my strengths are best suited. But to start with, I could, yeah, there's so much I could learn coaching the under 12s to be honest that you know to get down there into an amazing organization like Geelong and just get to work is what I'm looking forward to when that time comes
1: if you were asked by anyone at the commission or Gil I'm sure he's asked you many times what you've been there since day dot of the AFLW competition what can be the next thing that improves
3: oh it's improving really rapidly as it is I think um yeah it's, it's definitely on the, r- the right path in terms of the product and the standard. I think, yeah, the needs of the competition have changed in the short history it's had, but, yeah, keep working out on where the best venues are and how the game's best presented. Um, try and find that sweet spot of, you know, professionalism, but still allowing players to to maintain other things in their life as I spoke about I think at times as players we think the utopia is what the men's competition has and that we are hungry for full-time professionalism and we want exactly what they have but um, one of their biggest issues facing them is that they don't have that balance and that they they struggle when they transition out of the game so I think we can learn a lot from you know where their competition's at in terms of the professionalism and standard of the game and um the commercial opportunities available to the men but then balance that with um you know the 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 healthy side of balance that you can have if it's maybe um set up a bit differently so yeah I think that's that's something that the the players association are really working hard to do because the last couple of years have been hard like there's a hunger to want to improve the standard of the comp driven largely by players but that that also puts a, a fair amount of pressure on other parts of your life particularly when you can't really earn a living from playing the game Um, so that's that's something that's entering a really funny uh, really interesting period I think because it's coming to that point where there's a a bit of a tipping point
1: I know you've got a heap of uh, media outlets looking for you Daisy so I'll I'll ask you a couple of quick ones before you go just about what are are you better off playing at AFL venues like Marvel Stadium than windy difficult to play in sort of regional venues?
3: Well, I've done a full 360 on this. I, if you'd asked me this maybe four years ago, I would have said, no, I think it's good um, in the, the suburban venues and community grounds. And I still think there's definitely a place for those um, because it offers fans something different and the accessibility and the vibe of the ground is different. But um, sitting back and watching some footy and being part of some games in stadiums this year, like the one that comes to mind was the, the Hawthorne-Essendon game at Marvel Stadium this season. To have it um at Marvel where the elements aren't a factor and um the game travels quickly and the broadcast is of a really high standard, I think that's something that could be utilized a bit more moving forward. I know that's a Victorian centric <laughs> answer that mm. will annoy some people, but yeah, that balance between utilising the, the amazing stadiums we've got around the country and now with eighteen teams in the competition, the possibility of um genuine double headers um, I think that could be maybe stoked a little bit more and then maintaining that balance of how romantic and nice it is when you have it at, you know, old suburban grounds where you can have people and family sitting on grassy hills kicking the footy around. I think that's a real opportunity.
1: And the best timing for the season? You've just seen the season change. When's the best timing?
3: Yeah, I think this one, again, whilst there's some things to iron out and it can certainly improve, I think roughly this window is better than over that summer period. Um a lot of challenges to work through with that but yeah i think somewhere here and if the season grows in terms of game length like we've got an 18 team comp now but only play 10 games so there's an inequity within that uh in terms of the integrity of the comp and fairness as a competitor so hopefully it grows by a couple of weeks and it could grow back into the men's i feel
1: great to have you daisy i know you've got to go i really appreciate you jumping on giving us some time i I, uh, I say it with regret um, that you're always on Jared's show, not mine, but uh, as much as I can squeeze you onto mine, we'll do that in the future <laughs> when Jared takes some holidays. Great to have you. Congratulations on the career. Um, didn't want to make the chat about, you know, women's footy and women's this and women's that. You have been a delight in this world of sport in general, not just in football. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have with some great women before, you know, Carolyn Wilson, Dixie Marshall was covering the game back in my playing days. I work with Sarah Jones now. There's a lot of Great footy women with great footy knowledge. And you certainly bring us that, Daisy. Good luck with the future.
3: Thanks so much, Dwayne. And it almost feels like I've spent my summer with you listening to you on the cricket. So uh, keep up the good work. I've enjoyed it.
1: Give us some calls sometime. <laughs> no, I miss that you can always put on a different name. Plenty of people do, although everyone will know your voice. The great Daisy Pearce, um, premiership captain, retiring today, heading down to Geelong as a coach. We'll take a break. More of your calls and some news next.